For most people, this is a high-stress situation. But, well, I think we should embrace it. I think it's the spice of life. After all, what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> Don't be afraid to shake things up. I gotta meet that lady. I gotta ask that lady, where's my furniture? Lady, where's my door? What is it with you, fella? You think life is one big joke? No, no, no. Life is not a big joke. It's a series of 89,000 little jokes. You know, all lined up in a row. There they are. And they slap you down. Slap, slap, slap. And the only way you can survive that is keep your head down. Make the mustard! Huh? Stay in New Jersey and you make the goddamn mustard! If you're happy where you are, don't move. Stay where you are, keep your head down, and don't move, and you won't get hurt. Frank, what'd you do that for? I thought he was holding the place up. Ah, oh, the guy was just spouting off. Help him out. Stay in Goshen and make the goddamn podcast. If you're happy, stay where you are. Don't move. This is 1980s comedy spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Profound. That got dark. Profound. <laughs> gotta be. Comedy. Gotta get personal. Gotta get personal. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Spoilers Podcast. You've tuned into a podcast that reviews film, sometimes TV shows. I think like one time a video game. I don't know if anyone like can three. vouch for that. There's been a couple times. I've been like three. Re-video. A solid two max video games. But anyway, this is We just Josh. said three. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's right. Josh from Goshen. <laughs> I am here with some of my very best friends. And we are going to review the movie Moving from 1988. <laughs> it's a Richard Pryor vehicle. We'll talk all about the movie here in a second, but something we do at Spoilers is we always have an opening question, give everyone a chance to kind of say who they are and answer this question from their own unique perspective. And I was able, you guys, to give this question to you well in advance, right? Well in advance. A couple hours. Mm-hmm. Time to ponder. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Anyway, uh, okay, so the, the question tonight is, do you yourself have a moving horror story, or have you ever lost something key in a move? So let's just do the classic east to... N- nope, we're going to go west to east. Brett, oh. I feel like you always hate going first. I'm going to give you the most time tonight. So I appreciate it. Thanks. No Kylo in Simi Valley tonight, but Mikey, I think it's you. Uh, Mikey from Chicago, Illinois. Every time you move, it's a nightmare. There's no good time moving. It's the worst thing outside of a death in the family that you could possibly (laughs) go through as a human being. (laughs) It's like, it's just so stressful and so much to take account of. Uh, 
But I think the worst thing that ever happened to me moving was for this last move when I moved to Chicago, uh, I just couldn't. I just didn't find a place before my start date and I had to tell my employer that because they my the person that was hiring me was like on vacation and just out of the office and wasn't getting back to me and I was like do I have this job for like way too long so I was like not looking for an apartment cuz I just didn't know if I had the job or not so I don't understand why you hate this movie it seems like you should relate to it quite a bit <laughs> but that was definitely the worst experience i had moving never lost anything don't think i've broken anything either in a move so lucky on that front let's keep it moving boys Pap? no I'm so bad at this i'm so bad at this <laughs> Is it me? Stevie. It's, it's never Pap. I, <laughs> it's always Pap. I, I I'm like a geography phenom, and I have no freaking idea who's west to east. I'm always second. Because <laughs> Elkar has all the rivers. Yeah. That's why it's the rivers. There's a lot, dude. There's a lot of elevation. It's it's, it's hard, right? Pap is in the middle. Josh, I live in a, a city that's called nicknamed as Three Rivers, so I don't know about Elkar having all the rivers. We'll go. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> School <laughs> Recording from Goshen, so much farther east than Elkhart, uh, Indiana. <laughs> that can't You've been be a true. long-time listener of the podcast. You, you'll you'll note that I've recorded from many different yeah, you've locations. I've Mr. moved. Worldwide I was wide himself. I was doing the math. I've moved nine times uh, since graduating college, which is a lot of times. That's a lot. Yeah. And Mikey's right. It sucks. It's arguably worse worse than a death in the family. It just depends on who in the family we're talking about. <laughs> I guess. What the hell? <laughs> Pappy. He's right. Your mom's not going to be proud of that one. I'll Nurse. say, okay. Sorry. Two, two real quick ones. One, I'm going to skew positive. Best moving story. When I moved from Minneapolis to Colorado, you all just never charged me. Which was nice. nice. How'd that Did happen? Did New Orleans first? Huh. Yeah, I could. I could have. I had a free car for, for indefinitely. So that was pretty cool. Worst moving experience: moving from Colorado back to the Midwest. Got a flat tire in the U-Haul on Fourth of July Eve, <laughs> and Oof. that shit sucked. Oof. We were stranded in. I think it was Iowa and I had a really nice like hotel book that had like a pool with like a slide <laughs> I was super excited go. to stay there. I had to drive the U-Haul like basically on the rim kicking up sparks as I drove down the highway. Oh my god. Got to this motel called the Anita Grand and and I encourage anyone to look at pictures of the Anita Grand, but it was the sketchiest dirtiest worst motel I've ever been in my life there was like underwear hanging in the closet when I got there there was a sound of coyotes like howling outside of the room it was terrible I had to wait like I think it was like a full 24 hours for a U-Haul repair guy to find this place and fix the flat tire so that was by far the worst 
that the memorable. Just think the next resident had to say, as well as all the things you said, there was pap grease all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Papa John. clean that room. <laughs> was it worse than the place that we stayed in uh, Greensville for the uh, Clemson game? Uh, it didn't have the the love jacuzzi tub. So yes, the I honeymoon suite. <laughs> yeah, marginally what worse. What happened in that honeymoon suite, guys? Nothing, uh, unfortunately. Oh, now okay. there's just a a pink tub in the middle of the room. Holy shit! I'm gonna come. Was it heart shaped? <laughs> I think it was. Uh, it was the uh, tub or the bed should have been heart shaped at least. Like we're talking like broken door frames, like crumbs everywhere. Ew. Like it was a that place was seedy as hell. Let's save this for a different pod. This has nothing to do with moving. Let's keep moving from we to Stevie, that's Damn. you. Damn. All right, Mr. Attitude. It's your pod. <laughs> I like the moving. Post pod. it. Um <laughs> worst moving experience. Uh this is going to sound petty. Uh, my freshman year of college, uh, my roommate and I, I thought we had our dorm room set with the way that things went like we wanted. I thought it was a very well-flowing designed room. And a well-flowing dorm. Yes. Function- it's hard. Flowing dorm. Like, these dorm rooms are small. <laughs> so to get it where it has flow, you can move here and there. No one's like, you know, you have room for things. And um, one of the guys I met when it be- ended up becoming like a longtime roommate of mine was like, hey, let's go grab something to eat and we'll go here and there. And I was like, awesome. And when I came back hours later, my roommate's dad decided to rearrange everything the way he wanted it. Oh, that's <laughs> lame. And that's weird. Did, that, did your friend roommate set you up? Um, Get him on the phone right now. No, I can't do that because I think he'll probably scream at me but um oh jeez yeah what uh, happened in muncie stevie nothing good my first year <laughs> tell you that um <laughs> but uh yeah that was a horrific movie experience i thought everything went so well and then when i came back everything was just different and i was like this room sucks now and my roommate couldn't do anything because his dad was right there and just calling the shots and it's like all right Yes, yeah, so that was my worst movie experience. Do you think that controlling dad may have spoken to your roommate's state? Yes. At the time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not normal. Not normal. <laughs> to me, I do have somewhat of a story. I also have, I'll leave it up to you whether we do this or not. I do have a spoilers grievance to air. I'm not Ooh. mad, but I do have a grievance to air. Um, we'd like me to save it to the end, not say it at all, take it off the pod. Do you feel better airing the grievance? I'm, I'm glad I waited a week. Because it wouldn't have been as friendly. Well, that's so. good. Good to, um, it's good to get it off. Well, actually, I was gonna vent. I was gonna just vent to you, so you would have taken the brunt, but I wouldn't have been mad at you. But then I literally waited three minutes. I was like, whatever, I'll bring it up at some point. Signs it's, is a don't get me wrong. It's great. Way. It's Recommend. that's like fantastic. For the pod. <laughs> like, I'm super if you listen to that episode, 
Me, Stevie, and Pap have no idea Jordan's on. We had no idea. No, that's I know. Such a great that's surprise. Nice. That's what Brother Brian told me. That's awesome. I, again, just a heads up. It's always nice. But let me tell you my moving story. Uh, it's going to seem pretty insignificant after this. But uh, my last week in Elkhart before moving to Fort Wayne, Josh, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if six the right word, but I got pretty messed up. I didn't have insurance. I had all these... Really, I was like the most painful two days of my life, and I had to get like bootleg Vicodin after like a day. I had, I still don't even know what caused it. Um, and then I had another thing which I found out were like infections in bad spots, so it was really bad. But then I moved, and then about a week and a half later, we moved into my apartment, and I just hadn't really recovered yet, and I was just really weak, and I couldn't really do anything. and it just was like, uh, again, I don't have a nightmare. with. I'm with Mikey. I freaking hate moving. Everything about it. Everything about it, I hate. Yeah, she says I always make her do it. Yeah, right. I definitely do a lot more. But anyway, whatever. I'm getting it, getting it from all angles now. But so, but <laughs> we got it done. It was fine. It just uh, being hurt and weak and in pain when you're moving is just like god awful. It's like worse than a death in the family, you know? As long as it's like a lame, lame family member. I will say, of the nine times I've moved, the two times that I had movers, holy fuck, that's such a game changer. Like, it's so expensive, I saw someone though. post. Well, yeah, it's, that's when like Richard Pryor was like, it's going to cost $2,000 to move from New Jersey that's to Boise. Steal. I'm like, what the fuck? I would, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, I would do that every time. It's 10000 nowadays. Yeah, what's the, how much was it? 2300 or something? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they steal everything. That's like six grand nowadays. I would still take it. Even the price of his car, 24K, that's like a base model shitty car you can buy today. I had that prepped for how much money that was in 1988. By inflation. inflation. How much? $24,000 with inflation. That would have been a $61,302 car and 37 cents. So top of the line model. But yeah, like Mikey said, it's kind of like, I don't know. Especially these last couple of years, it's... Is it that shitty of a car for 25000 Is it that bad? That's a great car. Damn. No, Sobs and I, I mean, I still see Sobs on the road. All right. Well, this is Josh from Goshen. I think we're back around the circle. Um, mine is pretty brief, and it's more just like a, emotionally. I feel like when I had to move away from Bloomington, Indiana, out of mm. college, I was just really sad. Mm. I remember I was like substitute teaching for my first job and I had one of those jobs that was like extended. I was there for like a month and I set my computer background to like a picture of Yogi's bar and grill exterior. <laughs> <laughs> Just pining for the good old days, boys. <laughs> yeah, moving out of Bloomington. Just blaring Elliot Smith as he left town. <laughs> <laughs> yourself extra sad ah uh, i love you stevie <laughs> are you guys ready to talk about moving because i got a little bit of a confession yeah. to make this movie is a tribute to kind of two people one of them is my dad because this is like one of the first movies i can ever remember <laughs> and it's just because he was showing me parts that he thought were funny and so they're some of my first impressions of what comedy could be. <laughs> oh. oh, no. 
this basically informs my whole life is basically what I'm saying. And not really, but the other thing that I think is more pressing is uh, my friend CJ, CJ Schaefer. Uh, he watched Damn. this movie when we were he little care, I bet. with me and we loved, I don't know if we loved the movie, but <clears throat> we loved talking about it later. And that's what I'm hoping to do with you guys tonight is kind of like talk about it later. I'm not under no illusions that this is like a great movie. And CJ, if you're out there listening, I am sorry for I on the Burbs episode. I just straight up said you had bad movie taste. It's kind of a shot out of nowhere. <laughs> you had no chance to defend yourself. <laughs> I think I was wrong and that was harsh. This is like a little bit of an apology to you too, CJ. So See? thanks for tuning in. CJ, maybe my dad, and any other listeners who may be interested in the 1988 movie Moving? We've got to be the only podcast who's ever done Moving. Like, <laughs> there's no way there's any other podcast. You know, I got to find out now. I don't know. There might be, but. We're going to do what spoilers does best, and we're going to recap the movie a little bit. And Pappy, I think it's safe to say that before we even... Remember, guys, this is supposed to be funny to talk about. It's not. I'm not saying it's the best movie. This isn't pure <laughs> Kino. We're just going to talk about it. Josh is saying it's a movie. It's Criterion not, collection it's not Dos Enchiladas <laughs> or whatever, but... Pappy, in the movie Moving, before mm-hmm. we even really meet the family, Richard mm-hmm. Pryor has something else on his mind. A fantasy, if you will, about a neighbor. It's the first thing he's thinking about. It's the first seeds this movie plants. Yeah, and I was talking to Stevie a little bit about this before the podcast started, but I think this movie is really a vacation movie in disguise but just (laughs) way shittier and Mm. part of that is also the appearance of randy quaid (laughs) that's a good call (laughs) (laughs) yeah playing two different characters he's playing i think frank right frank is the first neighbor that he's playing um and everything about this intro is just such pure 80s too Like, like the title card the Howard Shore music, but <laughs> dude, Josh, it's so weird. Like, there's such a long opening stretch of this movie where there's just no talking. And as Randy Quaid's mowing his yard, Richard Pryor is fantasizing about having a karate battle <laughs> with him, and it's it's pretty fucking stupid. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, at one point, you can see the the um, ropes on Randy Quaid during the fight. It's its just ridiculous. Plus, Richard Pryor's see, stuntman yeah. is a couple shades darker. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Before, before any words are even said, uh, we have this fantasy. Like, he's mm-hmm. sleeping in his bed, and we go into his mind before <laughs> anybody says a word. <laughs> We are not the first person to do moving. Wow. That is weird, isn't it? That before you meet a character, you're in his dreams. <laughs> That's just good writing. 
That's what I'm trying to say. No, it's not. But anyway. <laughs> we'll get into the good hands later. But before we do, Randy Quaid, Mikey, Mikey, you're like our practical effect guy. Talk us through his get up over there. Because this is no normal neighbor, is it? Uh, No, he... I'm guessing, oh, uh, he's a Marine. Uh, I'm guessing he was in Vietnam or something. But our first look at him is like from the feet up type of shot. And his knees are scraped up and he's just covered in <laughs> in beer or sweat or something. Oil. He's just, yeah, he's just soaked. He looks disgusting. And he's mowing the grass like at five o'clock in the morning or something that's with a ridiculous mower like a tell me about the mower because it's insane and it comes up a lot yeah richard Pryor points out arlo uh he points out that uh he's only got about like a 30 foot square foot yard but he's got this giant tractor like mower with like crazy blades and a chainsaw attachment and stuff and it's just like a car motor uh, going off, so he can't sleep and find any rest. And his wife is telling him to get back to bed, and this guy is, like, running over all the shit in his yard. I think he kind of wakes up from his fantasy, and his wife is like, well, either come back to bed or go talk to him about being so loud this early in the morning. Either way, it's not good for you to just stand and look in the mirror and, like, bitch. Which is a good point. Oh my God, Monica, it's Frank Crawford. The man's got maybe 30 square feet of lawn, right? He's on a lawn tractor. I believe you. Lawn tractor. Come back to bed. I can't sleep. The noise. I mean, listen to that thing. It sounds like a 20-ton jackhammer. Then go downstairs and tell him to stop. That's the neighbor from hell. He was in the Marines for 15 years. You saw the movie Rambo. We gotta consider the Rambo factor here. <laughs> Arlo, why don't you go downstairs and talk to them? Better yet, come back to bed. You shouldn't just stand there getting yourself all worked up. You know what happens. Your nose starts bleeding. My nose bled once. Once. For five days. Shit! But Stevie, I want to toss it to you for this. This is just like a typical family New Jersey movie, right? Does it seem like New Jersey? T- Tell us what's going on with the home this situation. This is anywhere USA. I don't know. There's nothing that screams Jersey about this movie. It's just anywhere USA. I feel like that Whitney Houston joke came in, and they're like, hey, let's set it in Jersey. Um, but it... Um, whew, this movie. Um <laughs> Tell me about Josh, the family, I hate, Stevie. I hate these opening 20 minutes so much. Like, Well, tell me what you hate about them. That's fine. Even Flipper the Dog? What about the, the movie title font? Oh, you can't hate the movie title font. Yes, I do. 
<laughs> what about Howard Shore? Yes. Isn't he kind of like a legend? Yes, he is, but not for this movie. This was <laughs> yes, a rough cut. Like, yeah, pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, so... Yeah, Richard Pryor, his wife, twin boys, and his older teenage daughter, who I believe is Stacy Dash. I cannot confirm that or deny it. It is. It, it is. It's Big the first name in the credits, too. I thought it looked like her. <laughs> Damn, Mikey. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just a typical family, I guess, with a um, kind of... Uh, main character that doesn't do anything for 99% of the movie besides react to things. And it's extremely hard to watch. And especially I hate the dream sequence when they just could have done it so much better. This movie's rated R, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Why? Why is this movie rated R? Oh, it is. You mean, why do they decide it or why is it rated R? It's rated R because of all the language. Like you're going to make a rated R comedy. You're going to extremely limit your audience. But okay, right. but then, but the tone of the movie is just a family movie, you know? Like, that's my it's issue. It's only because of a couple fucks and goddamns that, that makes it a rated R movie, I guess. Like, there's nothing else to it. The late 80s is a very neutered time for film. And it seemed weird to me that they were implying that Randy Quaid was probably a deep seated racist in this movie. His character was a deep seated racist, but also never said anything of the sort and just seemed like. Where did you pick that up? At one point, he says, "You people bore me," but it, he also. But I that's don't know. like you family. That's 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 how I took it. But whatever. It, it does have some weird overtones, but like at the same time, he's also beating up on the white uh, newspaper boy. So I feel like they put that in there to be like, "Listen, no, he's just." But Plus he's I'm friends with. with the he's an Hispanic. asshole to everybody. He's friends <laughs> yeah. with the Hispanic and black movers. That's true. That is true. Um, but uh, it just. This movie could have gone in a lot of different directions that I wish it would have went, but it didn't. And I'm kind of bummed. It really was. It really wasn't a movie about moving. He never gets to move. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that later, I suppose. But yeah, it's. I'm with Pap. It's a family vacation movie. Stevie, one of my like mistakes that I've always done as a host in spoilers is if, if a movie is like special to me, I'll just defend it to the death. That's why you were like, I'm tributing this movie to two people I care and love about. No. This is a shout out to them. It's no, like, no, no. Okay, I know what you're doing. Listen, <laughs> I remember Time Bandits, Josh. It's a very easy trap to fall into. <laughs> Come I think what sides. is a healthy thing to do, since like we're going to review a movie that's not great, is like legitimately, I think everyone, what in, in the first act here? what are all the things that kind of let you down? Because it's pretty boring as a setup. Are there any positives that you did pull out of this? Or is this just pretty much a drag for you trying to catch up to like what's happening in Richard Pryor's life? Positive flipper. That dog is a star and fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I love how lazy it is. I love when they feed him just by dragging his head up and shoving it in the food bowl. That's great. I, I think the big problem though is there's just not, there's not jokes in this movie. Like it, when Richard Pryor goes to the office, you know, one of the greatest, greatest stand-up comedians of all time, the joke is that he has to carry a heavy box. And that's the source of comedy. And it's not funny. Like, and, then, and he gets a nosebleed when he gets fired. Not, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. 
there's not set up and payoff. They're never even like really surprised. It's just like, oh, let me carry this for you. Oh, it's heavy. And he just staggers <laughs> around with it. Yeah, it just seems like one of those movies that is a fake 80s movie that is like in a flashback of a real movie. Yes, <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> it just, I don't know. Everything, like you could show me a clip from this and I'd be like, that's a fake movie from a from a real movie. When he's but. carrying the heavy box, isn't the joke not that he's carrying it, but that he's carrying it for his like replacement? replacement? Yeah. Is that a joke? Somewhat ironic. But that comes in the last five seconds. And then there's no punchline other than them like awkwardly going for the same keyhole. I feel like a lot of this movie relies on the reactions from Richard Pryor. Ugh. And it's pretty much all the same face. Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He doesn't blink. <laughs> Guys, let's give me the, uh, like, go easy on him a little bit. He was pretty freaking sick during this movie. Because he had MS? Yeah, that's, that's, apparently I was reading that's one of the reasons why he had sideburns is because he's so skinny. That's why his facial expressions were so, like, muted, I guess. But then why is he cast as the lead? <laughs> that's a good question. Hey, I didn't say it was a good idea. I said let's take it easy on him. I would have had no idea that he had MS at this time. Like that, I, that wasn't even an account in my mind. So it's just what they're having his character do is just listen to these people fuck his life up around him. And he's just like, oh, oh, just like, <laughs> it's just like yeah. freaking out. Like the character is very mild mannered. I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the yeah. joke too, that he's like playing against type like when I, when I think about Richard Pryor's stand up it's, it's not this character that he's no, right that's true Roddy Even Dangerfield the point, on the other hand yeah Roddy <laughs> Dangerfield is Roddy Dangerfield that's part of the whole movie so you found your dream house and right now you're asking first Boise Savings and Loan to give you a mortgage as you can see I've had the same job for 15 years well that's very nice but it's not enough I mean Al Capone had the same job for 30 years but we've never had any problem with credit. Oh, don't get me wrong. I trust you. We trust all our customers. Why, this bank was built on trust. Here, sign here. Now, you've got to get closer. This pen is chained down, you know. Mr. Hanks, Mr. Wilson wants to see you right away, and he wants you to bring all your records for the last five years. I'll be there as soon as I can. Oh, I see you got twins. Hey, I'm one of twins. I'll tell you, though, my twin brother, he's not too smart. I mean, last year, he forgot my birthday. <laughs> Mr. Wilson is waiting. Is something wrong? Oh, no. Everything is okay. Your application is fine. But right now, I can't give you any money. When can you give us the money? Mr. Pear, are you a gambling man? No, I'm not. Well, you are now. Look, I'm going to level with you people. I just bet a big chunk of the bank's money on Hannah Blue and the seventh at Hallmark Downs. That's embezzlement. That's right. And that's exactly what I've been doing here for 22 years. But I'll tell you, this horse can't lose. You'll get your money for the house. I did my homework. This horse has never lost on a wet track. I can't remember when I've ever seen a track this dry. And they're off. Lady Paris gets the early lead with Hannah Blue second along the inside. 
Hannibal, baby, come on. Come on, Hannibal. Move it, move it, move it. Pass him, pass him. Go ahead, Hannibal, baby, go. Hannibal, come on, baby. Oh, God, please, Hannibal. I'll do anything. I'll go back to my wife. You heard him, God? Hannibal, he said he'd be true to his wife. Hey, take it easy, will you? I said I'll go back to my wife. I thought for sure he was going to lose, but I kind of like that he won. Are you a gambling man? <laughs> you are now. <laughs> yeah, even the joke of him losing that, that would have been funnier than him winning. As if he lost all their money or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> they had to advance the plot, though. They had to get to the house. <laughs> I also love when Richard Barr is like, that's embezzlement. And Roddy Dangerfield is like, that's right. It said he'd be true to his wife or whatever. He goes, hey, take it easy. I said I'd go back to my wife. <laughs> Brett, so or something. Richard Pryor, he plays the character Arlo Pear. Yeah, just what he does for a living. What's his job? He, like Pappy said, he's kind of a mild-mannered. He's a, what they'd call a transportation engineer. Um, probably works on rail, railroads and you know, bus routes and all that stuff like that. He, they let off that he's pretty smart. Um, he's pretty highly sought after. I, I mean, I guess it's hard to it's hard to judge him for not getting a job because when you get to certain levels, you know. They don't want to hire a 52-year-old engineer that you have to pay $95,000. They want to hire, hire you know, a 23-year-old. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he's got a it's, a, it's a good family. He's got a supportive wife who has hobbies, uh, typical teenage daughter, two twins. But yeah, he's, he's at a company and he gets replaced because there's a merger that happened. And he's looking for a job, and that's when he gets the call from GTI. Yeah, and as we get into his home life, too, something that me and CJ always talked about was the twins and the way that they raced. (laughs) That's so funny. That was funny. Pappy, can you spell that out a little bit? It'd be my pleasure to listen to you tell me about the twins from moving race. Yeah, I ran the mile. Back in my track days, uh, I didn't have a twin brother who I could switch out with, but the 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 scheme that they run is that the first twin runs three quarters of the mile, and he's just kind of barely hanging in there in last place. And even like the coaches are like kind of talking shit to the coach, and he's like, "Just wait, just wait." And then I guess at some point. The track goes behind the bleachers and is yeah, invisible <laughs> to the audience, which is a weird layout for a track. But they pull the old twin switcheroo, and the last kid comes in and just blows past everybody. He's fresh. Mm-hmm. And the coach loves him. <laughs> was it a mile? I thought it was 800. I was going to ask Josh, wasn't that your race? They don't make it very clear. They show two laps, but they do give the feeling with the cutting that it's like longer than that. Yeah, they they blow a gun that say like last lap, and I don't think they do that in the eight hundred, do they, Pat? I don't think so, but like you can count to two. I still don't know how they're able to like hide on a track. 
A track is like the most. Yeah, open. why would a track go behind something? There are literally people all over a track and everything during track meets. So, yeah, pretty funny. They're, but again, <laughs> they're funny really too. relying on this home field advantage, like their particular <laughs> school. That's why they don't yeah. want to move. These twins are locked into this getup. They'll go to college as one with one scholarship between the two of them. Yeah, but how like they can't be that smart if they're splitting classes, right? I guess together they're smart. Yeah, it's and who weird. wants I just to hang out in the bathroom all day long? They show a shot, and the bleachers are on the infield of the track. And like anybody who's seen like a high school football field, like that would just be fucking insane. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Josh, you said that part was burned into your brain <laughs> in one of the five letterbox reviews you've ever written. Why? Why is that so familiar to you? Uh, I think maybe when I ran the mile when I was little, I just spent the entire race fantasizing about if I could switch out with a twin at some point, how awesome <laughs> that would be. <laughs> you and CJ. Yeah. He wasn't running the mile. No, not at all. Uh, Stevie, you pointed out that it's a typical teen daughter. Mm. Do you want to spell out what that kind of means for us in this movie? You know, typical 80s stuff. Like, not wanting to move so badly that she's going to marry a stranger. Or, you know, dressing up their uh, bedroom like a murder site. Or, Or having magical powers to make it look like it's haunted. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> typical teenage hijinks. And I think um, Morris Day is in this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wild sight. Two movie club. For now. Two movie soon club. To be th- soon to be three. What else is he in? Uh, he's in Purple Rain. Yep. But you said three. What else? We did this. I Purple guess, Rain I guess and what high, else? I guess, I guess we're not spoiling it. My bad. Okay. We're, we're spoiling um, it. I just don't want to spoil a surprise, so. Okay, gotcha. Um, but, yeah, this um, daughter just seems to hate her dad, almost kind of wishing his death. I thought one of the more intriguing scenes I wish they would expound it upon was when um, Richard Pryor's character, uh, Arlo Pearl, gets caught up on the roof. That's funny. And the mom looks very... Con- very concerned that her daughter had murdered her husband. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish that would have been kind of like an underlying thing in the movie, even if it was a comedy. That's I think that would have been funnier than what we got. That's Yeah, that's my whole thing is you, you have the rated R rating. Use that latitude. Go darker. You know, like, I just, I don't understand, like, having it be rated R and then just, like, pussyfooting around, like, Richard Pryor doesn't even like show the middle finger. Like it's like they almost like wanted to be able to roll it back to a PG movie if they had to. I don't. I, I don't like, get it. I kind of with you. Like I, part of me like it, like Burbs kept jumping out at me, but like Burbs at least tries to be a lot darker. It's just same like same time period and stuff. So like it. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. It could have definitely gotten darker. I feel like you guys are actually asking for nudity in a coded way, but. 
What? We'll move on. What are on. you saying? Nudity. <laughs> oh, if it's if it's rated R, go all the way, man. Lean into your jokes. I'm not freaking Dana Carvey's fourth personality. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, Pat. <laughs> That is a great car, man. Fuck, it handles great, man. Left, right, it's great. Brakes stop on a fucking dime. Jesus Christ, you got power in this thing, man. The thing will take a hairpin turn at 120. No fucking problem. You floor it, it just says, give me more. The car says, give me more, man. Keys, dude. There's, there's one scene where Richard Pryor is breaking down the plan in a flip chart. And... There's literally no payoff to it. It's like they they do this rhyme. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like yep. the rhyme, the step six weeks, six week step or whatever. And they get to the last week, and there's no joke. He just like now, albeit he does an adorable little jump and goes, "That's it." But that's the end of the scene. It's like, what is the point of the scene? Where's where, where's the joke? I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. I think the second act of the movie kind of starts when the family comes to the realization that their father lost his job and he's gotten a new offer and they kind of have no choice but to relocate to Boise. It's kind of like the main tension of the family. It's like the big, it's the whole reason they're moving, right? Basically, the the teenage daughter is like, sabotaging everything so that sucks and no one wants to move and she's also just dating this new guy by the way this teenage daughter's story goes nowhere and yeah, then, i mean like she like this is her family at the end but it's like it's not because she misses them as much as like her boyfriend won't call her back and she doesn't like the old whiteies that she's hanging out with like that's not very redeeming in my opinion that's the movie i wanted to see mm. Expound, Stevie. Teenage daughter mean? with the old white folks. That would have been <laughs> so interesting versus what we got. Like hearing that, hearing <laughs> that old man talk about Maverick and James Garner. <laughs> That's James yeah. Garner. Got me so hyped to just watch Maverick. I was like, I kind of want to watch Maverick right now, or even the Mel Gibson movie that him yeah, and James Garner did. Um, yep. Like that's a movie I could have like tolerated. It's like, I kind of want to spend more scenes here. This feels kind of funny. If this is the first time you've seen this movie, I have a feeling this scene will stick out to you. It's when the Richards Pryor's family is being shown the house of their dreams in Boise, Idaho. They're finally like, they've come to terms. They got to move. They're going to look at houses earnestly. So... We're probably not going to say a lot of nice things about this. and I, We'll talk about it later, but the payoff from this joke, I thought was hilarious and cracked me up. Like, because I just flat out did not see it coming. Okay, so they finally find their dream house. And they're walking through it with the two nicest old people. And he just they're like, oh, I love these windows. And he makes the first joke of, that's eh, too bad I'm taking them with me. Aha. And they all laugh. And then they're like, 
oh, I love these doors. He's like, oh, I'm taking them with me. And then, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I built these cabinets myself. They're beautiful. And tiles, look, and two sinks. Yeah. yeah well, unfortunately, we're taking them with us. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's irrepressible. <laughs> I like your jokes, but the listing says something about a new heating system. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. New furnace, gas, forced hot air. Very efficient. Come on out in the backyard. <laughs> You like these doors? I love them. Sorry, we're taking all the doors with us. <laughs> Should I move ahead, Josh, or save that for later? Like for the payoff. We'll get to that later? No, just say what the payoff is. Okay, I again, I thought this was funny. Uh, so when they move in, when they move in, the doors are gone, the staircase has been removed, the kitchen's gone, and the pool's gone. So... Like, he literally took all the thing, almost all the things he said he was going to take. I thought that was a pretty funny payoff. Maybe it's maybe it's not, but I thought that was funny, and it really caught me off guard. I even said, Doesn't Brittany didn't care. She's like, I was like, oh, man, he actually took it all. And Brittany had no idea what I was talking about. She only watched, like, the last 30 minutes. I, feel, I just feel like it. this is, like, it's a joke, but it's also something that I feel like could happen to me. Like, if I was moving somewhere, <laughs> what recourse would I have if they said we're taking fraud. this, but we're all asking it was a joke, like acting like it was a joke? Yeah, I would say fraud. Like, that's an, I, like, the guy might cover himself. The appraisal of the home would plummet. Yes, definitely. And, like, he could, yeah. <laughs> There'd be so yes, much legal yes. recourse for that. Like, it would, the idea either, of this is kind of laughable. You're either What's taking it out of- and having the person come appraise it, which, like Stevie said, wouldn't work, or you're having it appraised, then you're taking it out, which would be super illegal. So, yes. What's the point of taking the pool with him? Like, what does that even yeah. do? I, I don't. don't. I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was funny. The staircase cracked me up the most. Staircase was funny. Mm-hmm. Did they have the appraisals kitchen. in the 80s? Yes. What? Well, they make a point in this. Is it nah, movie. Josh? There are rules. <laughs> they they just show the couples multiple times, like sitting down. All right, let's talk about the price of the house. You like, you can do a fizbo, but that's not their call. That's the bank's call. We almost lost Classic our house fizbo. because it was reappraised uh, for, for like sale 3, by 000, owner. Three thousand mm. dollars less. It's dirty business. Not dirty, but yeah, tough. No, Josh, but like I like the, the the comedic payoff is funny. Just the idea of it is insane, which is kind of yeah. where the movie goes by the end anyway. But uh, like the bank would send someone out to be like, what is the value of this home? And then if they looked at it and be like, hey, all the doors, windows, kitchen sink, pool, everything that made this house valuable is gone. There'd be a ton of legal recourse. Pappy, I think that's the big one. But a bunch of other crazy shit is happening in the background <laughs> while they're trying to move, right? Do you want to cherry pick one of those things? We talked about the Rodney Dangerfield scene, mm-hmm. but that is the best fucking scene of the whole <laughs> the whole movie for me. It's not very long, unfortunately. It's He's a degenerate gambler. He's embezzling money. He can't lend him the money unless the horse he picked <laughs> wins. It's like, I've never seen this horse lose on a wet track. And he pulls out his TV. It's like, I've, I've never seen it so dry. Cut. Yeah, I've never seen it so dry. Um, I don't know. The movers, too? I guess movers that's pretty and, crazy. Yeah, movers and Dana Carvey are like the two things we haven't really talked about much. 
The movers are kind of just mean. Uh, Dana Carvey is hired to drive Richard Pryor's Saab, and he's got like multiple personality disorder, and one of his personalities just steals the car i don't know i'm i was pretty checked out i'm not gonna i i can't chime in a whole lot because i uh was not watching too too vigorously i guess i think another funny setup was like when he gets there and he's so down because he was 30 seconds late it's like oh man this is the kind of guy you want driving his car he turns out to be the worst type of person you could have drive your car thought that was kind of funny but I don't know. It's just that I'm not trying to shit on your and CJ's childhood movie, Josh. No, talk about it. I love I I love pointing out why it's bad because it is so cringy. <laughs> I just I just can't get away from the fact that this is a National Lampoon vacation movie, like 100 percent through and through. Like that is exactly what this is. It's the family, especially the first one. The family like going from one location to the other one and the dad just like slowly being bent into like madness because of all the things that are going wrong. But a lot of those like payoffs that you're talking about happen like 15, 20 minutes, you know, three Tubi commercials after the setup. Like it's within the National Lampoon Vacation movie. It's like almost a little vignette. Here's a little skit. This is what goes wrong. And it either ends with like Clark getting more frustrated or some like kind of like sentimental, uh, but I love my family moment. Like a lot of these scenes, like when you're watching them, like the Dana Carvey scene on its face, it's just like, oh, I guess he hired a good guy. And then there's no, there's no joke there. Like while it's happening until way later in the movie. I, I, I don't know. You just need constant jokes. It's yeah. a comedy. That's what, 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 there's nothing else. There's not the tagline action. says packed with laughs. It's not. I'm not laughing the whole time, okay? You're planting the seeds way too deep. I need to yeah, harvest something He needs constant sooner. laughs like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Constant laughs in that comedy. <laughs> like, think about a movie like Superbad. Every scene in Superbad uh, has a joke. A bit, yeah. yeah. Right? Like... It's it either even if it's just just moving the plot forward, there's still something, and that's a rated R comedy. Like, I just can't believe for the time we have Richard Pryor in a movie, and he's the least funny person in the whole fucking thing. Yeah, like he's not doing much of anything. I, he's just. I actually think he's funny in the last twenty minutes. That actually, yeah. I mean, and I actually don't like that kind of stuff really, but. I like that. Mikey he does it. make a good point, though. Like, you're talking about one of like the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. It's probably number one in most lists, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I mean, he you. just I'm seems neutered to the point of it's not Richard mm-hmm. Pryor. Very neutered. Yeah, it's anyone at that point. Yeah, you could get Tom. This is a Tom Hanks role right here. Oh, that's a good <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks role. Yeah, you put him as one of those side characters, and then you let him go up to 11. Like, be Richard Pryor. You know, it's, oh, shit, that's Richard Pryor as the neighbor or one of the movers or something like that work. I just, yeah, that did might be this movie's biggest mistake is having him as the lead and no offense to him, but and like you actually have 
also we haven't mentioned him, like a pretty big comedic star in the 80s who I like in this movie, but like you don't use him very well. And that's Dave Thomas, like legend. Yeah, he could have been like unreal Wendy's? funny in this movie. No, not Wendy's. The guy from the Strange Brew, the McKenzie Brothers. He's the Rat, rat Race. He's the weird yeah, he's assistant. The bo- he's the boss that like hires them to move, and he he's the one that in the limo and drives a sob at the end. That's like him and Rick Moranis were comedic <laughs> partners. He did a lot of stuff on SL. He's one of he's one of the mooses and Brother Bear. Brother Bear one and two. Yeah, and he sings. The Mackenzie Christmas. Sorry, Josh. Unfortunately for Pappy, Richard's not Richard Pryor's not going to be taking much offense for your Ooh, comments. That's a, that's a no, bright joke. That's a bright joke. And I think we are entering that segment, Mikey. Can you cue up the Bee Gees? Yeah, Do you still yes. have that on the soundboard? Let's I would go. love to know who still with us who may be not with us from this movie if possible brett oh yeah so many so let's let's start with the obvious richard Pryor passed away uh, uh 15 20 years ago something like that uh i think and we haven't mentioned him as well but king kong bundy is in this movie if you guys uh 80s wrestling fans uh he's the big guy whatever his name is I just called him Bongo. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the guy who hires him is dead. What happened to him? Diabetes. Silent killer. What about Randy? He lost his mind, but his his body's still strong. <laughs> Damn it. The mind is weak, but the body is strong. I um, just like tug Speedman when you said that. I don't... I'll call him the, <laughs> the the black mover, who apparently is in a couple movies with Richard Pryor. He passed away in 2017 as well. All the old people are... Well, that's not true. Uh, the guy who first hired him, like the very first person you see from GTI, he's passed away. Just, you know, some classics. But Oh, I'm sure the guy who uh, uh, packed for Hummingbird, I'm pretty sure he's... Uh, yeah, he's long dead. That's not blue, See? is it? Oh, that's blue. I like that guy. I like that guy. That's blue? I didn't know that, but I mean, now I see it. Blue is blue. old. That's what old yeah, people wow. do. They die. <laughs> they die. I uh, like that joke. I like about... him packing the things one by one, wrapping up the cars. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny. That's good. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of the main things. Oh, actually, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Leslie Jordan. He just passed away about a year ago. He's like... He's like a oh, the little guy? like flamboyant yeah. gay guy. This is actually his debut. He's the guy sitting next to Richard Pryor when he's drunk in the bar. And I didn't notice that. And he sadly passed away because I think he is absolutely hysterical. I'm really sad that he died at Leslie Jordan. But that's all I got for the BG segment. Dude, that one joke in the bar is pretty wild. When the guy like hits Richard Pryor over the head with a bottle. Yeah, I thought, like, was, thought he was sticking it up. <laughs> Thanks for that segment, Brett. You're welcome. That's really, I, I, really I eye-opening. I appreciate Brett's corner of death. My favorite segment. A little bit better this time, but yeah. 
I, I've been not doing very well lately, and I apologize. I, I know all the fans who want to hear about all the dead people. Stevie, yeah. I feel like you've been sitting sitting on something tonight. So I think we should address what it. Am I, what am I sitting on? And I think minus Mikey and Pappy's idea that the only way for this movie to get better is constant jokes. That's such a just boom, 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 boom. Ridiculous way. Stevie, <laughs> sorry, this movie doesn't have enough laughs. Stevie, how would you like to fix this movie? Like, how if it were a good hands movie, what would you like to see in it? Um. I would like to see two neighbors going about their day and then see the reflections of each other. So like I would like to see Randy Quay just staring at Arlo in the beginning, <laughs> just kind of muttering to himself as he's going about his day, and then vice versa. Um, I would love to see how that starts. Also, um, I think this movie works if he actually moves in the beginning and then everything goes downhill. Um I like the idea of something nefarious and weird going on with his job and he just doesn't know it. Um, and I like the idea of like weird people being around the house after he moves. I just kind of like that kind of breakdown. I don't think it's what we got is like, like kind of pap said the kind of just a family vacation wrapped in a, you know, kind of a different, uh, wrapped with a different bow, but I would actually like to see him. I'd actually like to see Richard Pryor, move and then kind of be Richard Pryor. I know he's playing a character, but this character is very milquetoast and not a lead at all. It's a like very there's indie- no sign of him improving. No, it's all. just and I understand that he's sick and um there's probably something very new to him and his body was probably struggling with it. Um and I don't know if it hurt his speech or not. Um I imagine that it did. But in that case Maybe it doesn't have to be Richard Pryor, but I would just almost like a I'd almost like to see a comedic poltergeist, if that makes sense. Family moves, breakdown. Move the bodies. Yes. <laughs> and I think one part of your critique, which is fair, it's almost like the movie seems like it's really bent on the title of the movie, which is moving. Like yeah. the things that happen while they are moving. Like, I like to see to Post. Everything. Get there. Let me see what happens <laughs> after. Surprise me. But you also yeah. pointed out that interesting little thing. Like we pointed out all the fucked up stuff that happens to them on the move and like why they get stolen from, they get ripped off, they get cheated, they get Dana Carvey'd. But with his job, like the whole premise of them moving is, is the job. It shows the job. something weird and nefarious. There is something weird and nefarious, though, right? What is that yeah. little plot point? It's such a minor detail, kind know, of in I the context of the movie. Con- I think it's it sounds like funny. huge embezzlement. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of people got a lot of bonuses that now have new houses in Breckenridge. Like, I just, I don't know. I would like to see that breakdown of like everything seems okay in the new house and everybody's enjoying things, and then it just starts to get weird. That's what I mean. I think that's the way this movie works because when you do it just as moving, it's like, oh yeah, like these movers up to no good. Ha ha. Stuff doesn't arrive on time. Okay. Car gets stolen. Okay. There's, there's no surprises. You're just kind of along for a very predictable ride. There's also like no story in this movie. Like it's just 
what you're saying, Stevie. It's just a series of things. It's a series of things. There's no narrative. And I understand it's a comedy, but even if comedies, like comedies can smartly fall on themselves and they can be really smart and entertaining and surprising. So this well, is just kind of set offs. Well, between you and Pap, you're saying there are no setups and payoffs, and he's saying they're too far apart or something. I mean, Pat makes a good point. Like, there's some, you know, <laughs> there's some scenes where it's like, okay, it just ends. And there's some scenes where it's like, oh, yeah, that's 20 minutes later. But everything we got in between for the buildup wasn't that great. So the almost like the joke that we get for the payoff is kind of just falls flat on itself. Like Josh, are these jokes working for you? Like, what are your what are your favorite bits from movie? I like, I like some of the bits. Did you guys remember that part where the two twins tried places on the track? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's good. Josh panic picked this. He was like, "What's one of my favorite scenes in a movie?" He's like, "Oh fuck, the kids from that one movie where they're <laughs> where they're moving." <laughs> pretty dope <laughs> that scene was honestly so underwhelming watching it back <laughs> you've seen it a bunch of times though just like you remembered it really well yeah like, i remember how i i remember like when i explained the scenes to other people in my childhood i had a tro i had trouble like explaining how the twins were able to like hide the fact they were switching out because like you said Everyone knows like a track is like clear from all angles, so you can yeah. see them running at all, all times. Yeah, that's why I was wondering because like if you didn't remember that well, you probably can. Were like, I can't remember that correctly. There's no bleachers in the middle of a track. Josh, when um, when was the last time you watched this movie before we had to do it for the podcast? So I think, Pappy, maybe for this last bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Stevie. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it was in this millennia. I get it. This is why I'll never watch Good Burger again. It was good for when I was that age at that time. I'll never watch it again. This is a pure wisp of a, mo- of a movie in my memory. Just a wisp of little Josh thinking it's funny and wanting to revisit it for spoilers. Hey, I wa- we used to watch Ghost Dad all the time. I can't imagine how bad of a movie that is. Which is something I'm going to pick in the future, by the way. Brett, you hinted on it earlier. But I think this last 15 or 20 minute segment does have maybe the most comedy of the movie and definitely the most cathartic section yeah. of it. Do you want to just kind of start us down that road before we get into final thoughts and everything else? Yeah, so he is a guy that tries to maintain control, but he's apparently with surrounded by the weirdest, worst people. Like, the people steal his truck. Uh, Dana Carvey looks like he just got out of Mad Max. I don't even know if they make that joke. Do they make that joke in the movie? I think it's more like a Rambo callback, right? Like, he says Rambo in the beginning. And then he I just thought he said Mad Max, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, so he gets there. The house is a mess. And he finally just, he snaps. Uh, I actually, I, I thought it was funny when he hugged Dana Carvey. And he says, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, 
and then he hops on this truck, and yeah, it's just, it's mayhem. I'm gonna kill you. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. So you got about an hour to get out of town before I find a gun. Mm -hmm. And I load it with eight bullets. Mm -hmm. And I kill all crazy eight of you son of a bitches. Mm -hmm. Now please go. I don't want to go to jail. Please. You're squishing Teddy, man. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily down the stream. Merrily, 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 your boat gently down the stream. Stevie, Mikey, Pappy, are you getting anything good out of this last 20 minutes? Are you along for this ride, the revenge ride at the end at all? I really like the website tvtropes.org. And just because something has a trope doesn't mean it's bad. But I learned about this one. It's called This Means War Paint. Ooh. <laughs> and it's a subtrope of body paint where just before a conflict, a character will improvise something with their hand with ash, mud, or paint just below the eyes. Uh, it says... Um, the effect is something like tribal face paint, and the implication is clear: the gloves are off. So I don't. I thought that Rainbow Combat callback was holy kind of, shit. I feel like I've seen that scene a thousand times. At least, isn't that weird to think about? It's like, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. They when you were listing business, when you were listing the substances that they use, it was like, yup, 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 yup. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, I just thought the arsenal of weapons was just ridiculous and funny. Yo, man, he looks crazy. That's right, fuckhead. I'm crazy! Come on, I'll take care of you, man. about our service, you better call the head off. Shut the hell up. No more talk. I want my furniture. Who you think you're talking to? I'll stomp a mud hole in your ass, poop butt. Pap, do, do we have a Brigsby Bear moment, though? Is there a moment where things change from real life to fantasy. We set up the whole movie, right, with this fantasy of him kung-fuing Randy Quaid. And now we're here Mad Maxing with Uzis and kung-fu, jumping, like literally Matrix jumping from car to car on the highway. I think that's <laughs> Matrix 2 or 3. It's not even Matrix 1. Two. But... It's, it's, reload. it's re reloaded. It's, yeah, it's Matrix reloaded. I want to be accurate with that, but... Where where do you stand on that, Pat? It's fine. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I don't. I think it's. Again, I I, I feel bad because I keep comparing it to the vacation movies. But when Chevy Chase has his like psychological break, that's just like more funny to me than this like violent, unbelievable <laughs> outburst. You know what I mean? Like when he's like, I I don't know when he's like 
punching out the Wally at Wally World. It's <laughs> just, just better. Like, I don't, I'm not getting a lot out of this, Josh. I got to be honest. Not really you doing love it for Flipper. Me. You love Flipper at the end. I love Flipper at the end. I don't understand why this terrorism he's committing like makes it the the train project is back on track. Like the embezzlement just didn't happen. It's. I don't know if it's embezzlement. I mean, it might be, but they overspent the money, and he just came up with a solution: do it quicker, and stop. <laughs> I mean, he came up with a solution. I guess so. We spent too much money. The problem is throw more bodies at the problem. It just doesn't... I don't know. Did you think the sweetness was nice, Josh, when his daughter comes back? So is there a Brigsby Bear moment or not? No. no. <laughs> so this is all actually happening in the course of the movie. He's jumping from semi to semi. That's like... Yeah, it's kind of weird. Okay, maybe when he gets hit with the bottle, Richard Pryor dies. And the rest of it is just his DMT trip. <laughs> Dude, maybe his daughter actually does kill him. And Stacy Dash is like in a padded cell. <laughs> just like with their arms strapped. We should probably get into final thoughts. My final thought is there is a there is audio of this like eight part all Dana Carvey voices row, row, row your boat where he does all the different versions of himself. I would love to see that whole cut on Spotify. Yeah. I would I would love to have the link to share out to the listeners if we got it. We'll find it. Oh, yeah. That's my final thought. What do you guys got? I got one. I I really wish we would have gotten an explanation for why the movers all of a sudden work for Hummingbird. And why it seemed like a good company, but they were incompetent, like with the old with Blue and, or did they just steal the car from Hummingbird? That was the name of the movers. I don't. That's very unsaid, right? It's like either they got out, bought out legitimately by them coincidentally between times, or it's just another way that people are fucking him over. I guess. And I was just bummed because i liked the old guy i thought the old guy was funny like stick with blue <laughs> the really slow incompetent old He's man mover charge him by the funny. hour pap plus the the roof thing was funny why don't you ask the guy on the roof he might have seen him that's i think that's funny. a perfect example of a joke that's hard to catch pat but it's kind of obfuscated by time that's what i'm saying yeah you're right. There's something there. Yeah, there is something just a little stilted with that for sure. My only final thought: we talked about this pre-pod, but I just can't get over thinking about Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor having sex with each other. That's so wild, and I <laughs> believe it, hundred percent. Why do you believe it? Because I want it to be true. Just seems cool. <laughs> I don't know. Live how you want to live, baby. Go for it. More, any more final thoughts? <laughs> I also agree with Pat. Good for those guys. Yeah. Who's playing that? Me. The top comment on that video is, one hell of an underrated movie. Yeah, that's from my alt account. 
<laughs> What's the name? Yeah. Will Scarlet. I knew you loved Robin Hood. Will Scarlet, 1991. <laughs> Josh, what did you rate this on Letterboxd? I don't remember. I didn't even remember I did a review until Pappy said that, to be honest. I clicked on it, and no one I know has ever reviewed this except well, for Josh. I've never seen Josh. <laughs> Nobody knows it exists. <laughs> never gets mentioned. Trippy. Stevie, any final thoughts, buddy? You've seen a lot of movies. I've I, seen a uh, lot. Give me one redeeming quality from moving. Come on. Ronnie really Dangerfield. Think... Yep. That's, yeah, he's the best part of the whole movie. He Should we cut that scene out? Fortune too. Should we cut that scene out and just put it on TikTok raw? Just that scene? Yeah. Dude, yes. Are you a betting man? No? Well, you are now. Like, that part's hysterically <laughs> funny. Like, that's that's just good shit. I mean, his whole character, I love. I mean, I know his uh, stand-up is not for everyone, but Ronnie Dangerfield is was a national treasure, and um, he actually pumps what little oxygen this movie yes. has like back into it for just for a brief moment in time. You're like, Oh man, that's good. And then you're back in the movie and you feel like you're wasting some of your time again. But Dude, that's such a good call. <laughs> Ronnie he, he brings the energy to he's it. He's like he's missing. It's almost like an excitement you get. You're like, Oh God, like we have stakes now. Like there's tension. <laughs> there's something to root for. There's consequences. Like he could and, have made a phone call or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Something. And I mean, I'm sure Rodney was busy and had very little time to film. Um, so this was probably like his one day where it's like, yeah, you got me for this day. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's like the one redeeming quality of this movie. I know Pappy, and rightly so, has been talking about the vacation movies with this. Meh. But I also see a. What this... is meh? I don't like Chevy Chase. I don't. Oh, I also see case, this so. movie. Well, I'm I'm hoping you'll help me out here with this, Brett, because it's kind of a half-flung theory I have. But I feel like this is a bit of a predecessor to some of the Happy Madison stuff too. Yeah, I see that. I don't I know. Um, I agree, CB. That's that's keen to point out. I love the. It's so quick. It's like two point five minutes, and you just wish it were so much longer. But mm-hmm. I wish that was like a fifteen-minute <laughs> segment of just build-ups. And letdowns and build ups and letdowns. Like, that would be that's a dream for this movie. <laughs> that spoilers typically exciting final thoughts segment. Now we will enter the yes or no segment. I want to follow that same pattern we did east to east. We call this the yes or Ish. no segment, but give me your no and tell me why, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a no. Uh, just a real boring movie. That's all I can say about it. Uh, this is like my second Richard Pryor movie. And like the first one I've ever seen him star in, and I was just expecting so much more just out of him alone, uh, in terms of bringing the comedy. And it's just not brought by him; it's by everyone else until like the last five minutes, and then I guess you can say it's him. But it's more of an action scene, and I thought that was a little disappointing. 
big fan of Stacy Dash. Uh, it's a no dog. This is Pappy. Yeah, pretty hard no, Josh. Sorry, buddy. Um, I'm glad we're like one of two podcasts to ever do moving, and I do feel bad because I'm sure like some people will find us just for searching for a podcast on their favorite childhood movie and then <laughs> just trash it. But you know, there's just not a lot here that made me laugh, and I think this could have either been paired back to a PG movie that could have been cute and worked. Or if you're going to have the R rating, just fucking go for it and be darker. And you know what, Josh? Fuck it. Yeah, have bags. Sure, I'll say it. But why not? Just throw them in there. Do something. I knew but, it. But, <laughs> you know, and uh, the last time I'll say, you know, this is like the same outline as a vacation movie, but you don't have fucking Harold Ramis directing. And you don't have fucking John Hughes writing and that definitely shows hard no <laughs> this is stevie um pretty hard no um a lot of this movie seems like rejected snl skits um and for a movie like i said earlier it's like one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time uh i would say just watch his live set from 1982 and don't worry about this movie. Uh, just feel like you watched it listening to us. Don't even it's, worry about it. <laughs> it's it's a painful movie. Um, it's about eighty five minutes too long. Hey, um, Ronnie Dangerfield is like go watch that. Go if they have a video of it on YouTube, watch that. Um, I wouldn't say this is low enchiladas territory, but this definitely shakes my confidence in Josh's picks going forward. Um, so I'll give this a hard no. I'm glad you picked it, Josh. Before you go, I think it's <laughs> I think it's good to put yourself out there. I'm not next, but yeah. See Pat. I already went. Oh really? Is it me? <laughs> Jeez. I was actually looking up like this guy who wrote this movie has written some pretty funny stuff. Like All rats. He was a writer for David Letterman in the eighties. He wrote Stevie's favorite movie, Rat Race. Oh. That's why Dave Thomas yeah. is in there. Sergeant Bilko I like. I mean like he's Oh, I love Sergeant Bilko. Yeah, it's good. So, and he, he created Monk, which is a pretty freaking funny show. So, surprising. I, I promised Josh that I like this movie a lot more than the other people, but I, I just, I, I'd probably have to give it a soft no. Um, wow. <laughs> upset of the century. I probably would give it a yes, but I would never live it down. I thought... It was gonna be a no, like for sure, all day. And it's not like I hated it, but it like it was a little boring. And again, you have all these amazing people that you're not really using uh, their strengths at. And I did like the last fifteen minutes; like it almost brought me around. But I don't know. Josh is usually my ally in these movies, but on these types of things, but not anymore. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Can I give a neutral? 
Your nose been sad. It's fine. It's what My it is. My nose is bleeding. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's close for me because I did enjoy certain parts, and I, I thought, I thought Dana Carvey was pretty funny. The, I just hated the mover storyline. Like, the second they showed up back at my house, like I, not happening. Nope, not gonna be around my wife. You know what I mean? And I just think like they were creepy from the start. I mean, I did like King Kong Bundy, but I have to give it a soft no. Josh, I apologize. I hope, hopefully I can make it up to you in the future, but I just can't. I'll get ripped on forever, and I, it's just a soft no. I'm glad you picked it. I'm glad I watched it, but this is very soft no. Thanks, all. And honestly, thanks for your reviews. Thanks for watching the movie. Well, kind of, Mikey. Thanks for watching <laughs> the movie, everyone, mostly, and talking about it with me tonight. Yeah, this is totally a soft no for me. Or just a regular no. I don't I don't think the point of movies always is to just see the best one or the one with the most like quality or best cinematic value. There's definitely like a nostalgic kind of like time and a place moment lightning in a bottle aspect of movies and when we see them and who we're with and what we remember about them. That's kind of worth exploring. And um, I didn't realize Richard Pryor was sick, but it is like you kind of get a paralyzed performance from this dude, this movie. (laughs) I mean, you would think if there's a movie that doesn't have a ton of comedy with like laugh out loud things with Richard Pryor that he would have some room to improv or some sort of feeling that he's like kind of extending the scene a little bit, but I'm not feeling that still a lot of great memories from this movie. Did you guys, do you guys catch that little scene where they're at the track race and they switch? <laughs> Cause that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Love that stuff. But anyway, are you guys ready for trivia? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many twins have switched spots during the race to outwit their opponents? That cannot be the trivia question. Price is right rules? <laughs> In the history of sport, of world sports. <laughs> One. This movie. Okay. I have a... Typically, I use music and for this kind of trivia. And Mikey, if you have some music tracks you want to play when I start reading quotes, I'd be fine with that. But basically, what? yeah, because you have like some streets in the bank, right? You got some. Uh, oh, maybe got the Bee Gees. Got the Bee Gees. I don't know what you might want to play. Got a little Rob. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, bro. You got some Jay Z. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I don't have any of the music. I don't know what happened. It's okay. It's no big deal. Here's here's the game. Here's how we're gonna get a uh try to get some of you eliminated at least. Got a bunch of quotes about marriage because I think marriage is a big marriage. theme. Marriage. Marriage is a huge theme in the movie Moving. And is it? Richard Pryor. 
It well, we didn't really talk about it on the pod, is but it, it abs- yeah. Is it not, Stevie? Did we even mention the wife? Yeah, she tries to metric marry the guy from the time. What's his name? Um, Morstay. Morstay. I absolutely think the marriage is essential to this movie. If you're being realistic about it at all, Stevie. Do you really disagree? Themes? This movie? <laughs> yeah. The themes. I do. The themes. Just because things occur, Josh, doesn't mean it's a theme. I, I, there are themes in this movie. I everything's a theme. I, I hinted on one in my opening spoiler about like when you should move. I I think that's honestly mm. kind of like hinting through the writing just a tiny bit. But Stevie, do you really have to undermine just the premise of the trivia before I even fucking get to it? <laughs> yes, like, Josh. Can I, I watch can this I, movie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> can I just? I mean, his wife is in the movie. Can we agree with that? Yes, yes, that we can agree on. He is married. <laughs> Richard Pryor has a wife. And he had a wife sometimes in real life, too. And there's a few quotes from him about marriage. And I thought, who else could I trick you guys with, with quotes about marriage? Bill Cosby. Mm. Oh, no. Not Bill Cosby. Even maybe more unhinged. I was thinking, you know, leaders. Presidents. Oh, God. Yes. So so you're going to get a quote about marriage from either Richard Pryor, Donald Trump, or Joe Biden. It's your job to figure Mm -hmm. out which one it is. Pappy, can you give me an order? Because if you miss one of these, you're out. One and done? One and done tonight. I'm sick of you guys ripping on my movie like this. Okay. <laughs> Brett is the most recent host with Green Room. Okay. Then Josh, you picked <clears throat> Then myself, Book of Henry, DV, JCVD. Yeah, yeah. And Mikey with Up. Okay. It's like two years ago. Good Brett, it was it was the first spooky spoilers last year. Air quotes, spooky spoilers. It's spooky. Right, you ready for this? Yep. Right, here's to decide which quoter it will be. Please say, "Come on, man." <laughs> okay, and here's the listen quote. here, Jack. You stay loyal to your corn pop. And the, and good the greatest and the greatest husband that's ever lived. Um, no, that's definitely um, Richard Pryor. All right. I'm anyway, ready. your quote is A relationship you have to work at, in my opinion, doesn't work. Hold on. Relationship you have to work at doesn't work. Man, I have to. Mother. Relationship doesn't work. No, that's Richard Pryor. <laughs> and then. Oh, come on, man. It don't work, man. Come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Um, Your relationship, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, I will say, this is so hard. I'll say Richard Pryor. It's Trump. I felt like oh. the in my opinion gave it away. Your impressions actually in worked. My opinion. You were right. In my opinion, does not oh, work. Dang, I didn't even like think of that. But All right. he doesn't say in my opinion very often. He's just like, it just doesn't work. <laughs> Here we go, Pappy. You're up. Yeah. Let All me right. know if you want to do a Biden. 
and your quote. All right, here we go. Thank God that when I'm really down, she steps in. And when she's really down, I'm able to step in. We've been really supportive of one another. Do you want to do some impressions, Pap? I'm going to go Trump. I'm going to go Trump. It's got to be Biden. It's totally Biden. No one knows why you choose Trump for that one, Pappy. Seems like a huge blunder. Seems like a lie he would tell. (laughs) (laughs) Stevie. That this man is would on never you. admit to being down. <laughs> That's a good point. Down, they didn't eat a quarter pounder. There's your quarter. And your quote. Here we go. I think about being married again, having a home and a wife. Well, that's hard because it's not Biden. Um, We've all been married multiple times, so. Mm-hmm. If if Stevie misses this, does Mikey win, or does he have to prove? Ooh, prove Let's just it. see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And if he misses it, we are we're all back in. Exactly, but let's just see what happens. <sighs> I don't think Trump ever thinks about being married because he just leases women. Um, <laughs> can you say it again? I think about being married again. Having think a about home being married and- again. Having a home and a wife. <laughs> Before I walked out, I said, I want a wife. I want a home. Um, big, beautiful home. The big, beautiful home. Um, I don't think Joe would ever say that. I'll say Richard Pryor. Good God. <laughs> That's correct. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Whew. Here's the quote, Mikey. It would be nice to have someone care f- about me for who I am, not about my wallet. Doesn't sound like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> He was already super rich by the time he got married. Come on, uh, let's say uh, Trump. It is Richard Pryor. Oh, uh, I was rooting for Mike. But I gotta say, guys, this game—I want to do two strikes here out. That was God just too damn fun. it. Love no, it. I'm I'm good. Love it. We do can, it. No, we can just end it. That's fine. Nope. Do it, Josh. One more round. Happy, what do you vote? Because obviously, Steve. One more round. One more round. One more round. Two strikes. Mikey, one more round. Let's see where you are after one more round. One more round. Brett, here you go. Mm -hmm. Mikey, just we might get a couple more Trump impressions from Stevie from this. Okay. (laughs) That's the whole reason. All right. Here's your quote, Brett. Well, she is terrific in bed. She wouldn't want me to say that, but she is. Terrific, not as good as me, but she's terrific. Okay. Uh, I have to say Trump. That is a Trump quote. Nicely done. You could possibly be alive if if Stevie gets this wrong. Pappy. Yep. Is that a problem? Trust me. Here we go. Mm Mm-hmm. 
We were together five years. We literally have never had an argument or forget about the word fight. We've never even had an argument. Sorry, can you say it again? We were together five years. We live. We literally have never had an argument or forget about the word fight. We've never even had an argument. What does that even mean? Are you saying that quote right? That sounds I like am. not a real sentence. It's like the second time you said it different than the first time, but the, the first line, but maybe. I we were together it. five years. We okay. literally have never had an argument or forget about the word fight. We've never even had an argument. Trump. So Trumpy. Nicely yeah. done. <laughs> Mikey, we're going to skip to you. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I tell you what, man. I married <laughs> way above my station. <laughs> I think that's Joe. <laughs> tell you what, man. Hell yeah. I'll tell, tell you what, man. Married Corn way Pop. above my station. Corn Pop was my best uh, man. All right. Listen no bullshit, here, Stevie. Here we go. It's all for you, Stevie. Here we go. I don't see myself getting married again, but if I do, it will be forever. It's <sighs> mm. nice of Trump to say. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think how he would even say that. Can you say that one more time? I don't see myself getting married again, but if I do, it will be forever. That's romantic. Yeah, I know. I don't think Trump would say it like that. And That's I the first time I've said it out loud. That's nice. Biden would say that. Trump would just be like, I don't see myself getting married again. But if I do, it'll be forever. forever. <laughs> and ever. The end of time. That long. It's very the long. The longest marriage. The longest marriage <laughs> you've ever seen. You'd look up and say, wow, it was so long. <laughs> You'd you look up. Alec, you know Alec Baldwin doing Donald Trump? Um, no, that, that's that's arena Trump. I can't do I can't do sitting down Trump. I can only do arena Trump. Okay. Um, rally Trump. Yeah, like rally Trump is the easy Trump to do. It's almost like a cheat code. Um, yeah, I'll say that's that's prior. It's Trump. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Richard Pryor. Yeah. It's like well written. It's well written, boys. Well, not just that, but <laughs> there's some there was some sadness to Richard towards the end of his life. That sounds like something that he would say. <laughs> Who do you guys think said this one? I don't want to sound too much like a chauvinist, but when I come home and dinner's not ready, I'll go through the roof, okay? Trump? Richard Pryor? <laughs> that one's Joe. Let's just leave that to mystery. Uh, Who is it? While Stevie thinks about his movie Huzzah! for next week. Off the schneid. I got a quote that you can guess. Spoiler man, can you take it away for just a minute here to give Stevie some time? If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilerspodcast.
And we're back. Thank you for sitting through Spoiler Man, listening to our plugs. I'm not alone in this, right, Pap, when I say, like, we really need iTunes reviews and Spotify five stars. Like, really bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just take, wherever you're listening, if you could please just take, like, the five seconds to leave a review. That would be so cool. Clutch. Well, we're back from that highly bipartisan section of the pod. (laughs) Truly... Just some crazy ex-presidents and comedians and their tossing around <laughs> we quotes. Solved, we solved political hate. Yeah, welcome, everyone everybody. could come together with that segment. Stevie, you won the segment with pure genius cunning maneuvers. You get to choose a movie that we'll all watch and review with you. I think we all hope it's a little better than moving, but maybe just as dear to our hearts. So, what'll it be, Stevie? Um, so last night I was a little restless and I couldn't sleep and I decided to bust out an old book I read about four or five years ago called uh, The Nine Old Men. And um, it's a short read, but it encapsulates what I love about Disney animation. And this is one of Pap's favorite movies uh, that Disney ever made. And it has turned into easily a top 10 for me because all the nine old men worked on this movie. And it is so good and so much fun to watch. Um, And it's also the first time that a villain ever got their own theme song in a Disney movie. So we're going to spoil the 1961 classic 101 Dalmatians. Love it. Pongo. Good choice. Oof. Yes. Great choice. Nice. Thank you. And thank you to like everyone who may be a fan of the movie moving. We're right there with you. We watched it too. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone who's just <laughs> everyone who's just a fan of spoilers and maybe just kind of learns about the movie through listening to the podcast we appreciate you too but i think that's it for tonight boys it was so fun potting on that with you no regrets at all about choosing that movie and (laughs) that was spoilers Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. What do I need reverse for? I don't want to go back in life, man. I'm going to go forward. Brother Brian. Where is my car? Nephew Quinn. Are you a gambling man? 
Nick. Oh, man, you must laugh all the time, huh? The Meg. Oh, I see you got twins. Hey, I'm one of twins. I'll tell you, though, my twin brother, he's not too smart. I mean, last year, he forgot my birthday. Nurse Stacy. I'll be there as soon as I can. The Wolf. Ow, ow, ow. He's really fucking straining. He's about my height. Gale. I just bet a big chunk of the bank's money on Hannah Blue in the seventh at Hallmark Downs. P.K. I can't remember when I've ever seen a track this dry. Spencer. Is that you? Is your name Arlo, man? That's a fucking funny name, Arlo. <laughs> Barky 420. How's it hanging? Swole. You a dick. Cheese zombie. I love him. Sebastian. Brad probably loaned the car of the Pope. Dr. Lar. He's beautiful. I can't get close to him. Stone Cold Austin. It's hanging to the left. Druid King. And they're off. Lady Ferris gets the early lead with Hannah Blue second along the inside. Hannah Blue, baby, come on. Come on, Hannah Blue. Move it, move it, move it. Pass him, pass him. Go ahead, Hannah Blue, baby, go. Hannah Blue, come on, baby. Oh, God, please, Hannah Blue. I'll do anything. I'll go back to my wife. You heard him, God? Hannah Blue, he saved me true to his wife. Our Instagram is Podcast Spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Spoilers is now available on Audible. He said this. I've been married and I've had sex with men. Is it Richard Pryor or Barack Obama? Oh, that's Barack. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Richard Pryor. But he would actually write it. He wouldn't say it. He'd write it in his letter. <laughs> it's both. Let's be fair. I have sex, had sex with men. Did look up? That's not good. <laughs> I swear I used to do a better one, but I haven't it's been a long time. So. Man, some of these best ones I didn't get to. Here's another good one. Talking about his wife. She has a backbone like a ramrod. Oh my god. <laughs> Joe, <dude>. Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah. Jack. God, what? God, what a loser. Come on, you we get it. You love her. That's a great one. I feel like that had to have been taken out of context. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to be married to her shortly after I met her. It's another Biden. He's talking to a little. He's yeah. talking about a little girl. No, Brett. Oh, hair smelled so good. I sniffed it twice. I don't want to have to go home and have to work at a relationship. <laughs> Classic Trump. I would have guessed Richard Pryor. That was Trump. Yeah, that is pretty funny though. <laughs>
else you got? I just don't want to die alone. That's all. That's not too much to ask for, is it? Prior. Not as funny that one, boys. No, <laughs> gosh, Stevie. you're right, Stevie. He's pretty sad. There's some darkness to him. You got a movie you ready for? Her? <laughs> um, come back. A little sex with men. A little blow. <laughs> That's better. Marriage is really tough because you have to deal with feelings and lawyers. <laughs> That's a Josh Long. <laughs> That's a Richard Pryor. <laughs> what Jean-Claude movie are we doing next, Stevie? Come on, dial it in, brother. Take your time. All right, I think I'm ready. I'm going to read the last message I sent to Jordan Long. Okay. Yeah, take another breath, Stevie. Is this really the movie you want? This could be for a long time. I know, I'm flipping a coin between two of them right now. They're both animated, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> There's a movie I want you to do because I've never seen it. I know you love it. It's literally on my list, but I would never do it because you need to be the one to do it. What, what is, is it? it? it. Emperor's New Groove. Never seen it. Film Dylan's favorite movie. Is it? Well, I know it's like it considered is. like the funniest, right? Funniest Disney? It's It's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things like if you weren't around for it like at the time you missed it. But like I feel like that movie's never gone away. It's always gonna be hysterically funny. I feel like like a big part of the pod would have to be talking about like the making of the movie too. That's which we should probably do that before we ever do Emperor's New Group, which is the sweatbox. Yeah. That's that's the one you gotta do before you even touch Emperor's New Group, because that one's heartbreaking. Dude, that would be a pretty cool back-to-back yeah. episode and you really yeah, have to do moving before either of those two so True. good thing we got that yes. out of the way so you can really foundation. oh thank god yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you that we've really been moving we can move on to citizen kane catch the meaning of heartbreak <laughs> are you ready stevie oh i'm ready and we're back thank you for sitting That was spoilers.